Welcome to the NCAA March Madness Final Four, whatever we want to call this little bonanza thing we've been doing for three weeks here. The final recap, we're here with you on a Monday night, getting close to it's past your bedtime. I don't know what you're doing up, but they're with me here, joining with here again. I've got Chris with me here. I got my brother Casey, who's been with me. These guys have been on with me most of the final four, uh, most of the March Madness run here. We've been doing the recaps. This is going to be our last one here for a little while here. Guys, a lot to get into game-wise. We'll talk a little ladies' hoops, kind of talk our favorite moments from the game here. But first of all, we'll start with our guest there. Chris, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing pretty good. A little bit disappointed, but uh, doing good. So well, me, and, me and Casey had our Aztecs together. Casey, these two knuckleheads over here. You got to go. You, it's always go with the inexperience. They win the bets for you. Me and you chose the Aztecs. They went with Utah. How are you doing, Casey? Doing good, man. Yeah, no, it's it's been a great day. Uh, was a little disappointed with the outcome, but you know it was uh, it was a game. You know, nothing better to do on a Monday night, so I enjoyed it. But just wish it was a little bit closer, to be honest. Well, before this tournament started, I'd be remiss if I don't start with my oldest son here, Derek. He chose the Huskies to win this thing because of the logo. Not gonna lie, there was no knowledge involved here, but that dog did stand out to him. He had a shirt here. We got with it right there with it. Derek, he does now because of my sister Amanda. If she's watching out there, you're not even on the screen. He does get the he does get Pokemon cards now. As a as a result, my my sister does owe him Pokemon cards. He did win it, so I know he's excited about it. Derek, what do you think about your Huskies? You watched the whole game with me today. Your Huskies played good today, my friend. I'm really proud. They played well. I thought they were really on it. Chris, can I ask you something about the Huskies real quick? They, I feel like their second unit at times is better than their first unit. Uh, it kind of seems that way, don't it? <laughs> it uh, seemed like uh, their first unit would get to struggle on a little bit, and they'd throw that second unit in there, and it was just – it was lights out. It's incredible how that worked out. Casey, what do you think? I thought Kling, like Tyler mentioned it a few times in tweets this week, uh, Klingon, the, bi- the big guy there. Like every time he's in, I'm like, why are they not playing him more? Like he, the, guy, the guy's just got such a feel. It would be interesting how he translates to the NBA or if he stays in next year, I think most people think he'll stay. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think of UConn? They're just, they were just so dominant this whole run, but let's just talk about today specifically, I guess. Just what do you think of their game and their performance again today in a championship game? Well, it's all about UConn. Give them their yep. credit, man. They won the championship. They rolled through everyone. Yep. Uh, hats off to them. Uh, Caravan, Klingon, just they, they play one through nine and honestly – just their team is stacked. They have such a good, just cohesiveness. Their offense that they're running the in the half court was just so smooth. It was like an NBA team running it. Uh, Hawkins was lights out. Um, Sonogo's just an animal down low. Uh, they're just complete one through nine. And Danny Hurley, man, he's a great coach. And you know, it's it's their time right now to shine. And they just rolled through the tournament. And they were they made everyone look pedestrian. And it was pretty phenomenal to watch. And it's hard, though, when – I mean, it, it's kind of a, a split hairs, you know, San Diego State. But, I mean, if you go 11 minutes without a field goal, it's tough to win a ball game. And the thing is, is they did so unreal that first – like, if you're going to look at it from that – we got our guy Tyler checking in here. What's up, Tyler? How are you doing here? Thanks. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, then the first four minutes, they – you know, they look like a, the beyond competent offense. They're like, all right. You're not, t- you know, you're not thinking overly 10-8, but Chris, they look like they at least got to do what they were doing. And then Casey's right. They look like they could not put the ball in the ocean if their life depended on it. And that, and that was one of the themes coming into the game is uh, 
could they consistently score throughout a game? And it's something that they struggled with all year long. And it showed it reared its ugly head four different times a night where they went stretches of uh, three minutes at minimum without scoring. You, you'd think they could handle two of those, but they ended up with four and, and it came back to haunt them. All right, before we before we pay too much tribute to UConn, I want to go on San Diego State real quick here. I thought they played a good run. We learned last podcast, Teddy Boy, who joined us on the podcast or whatever. I don't know. He commented it. He he taught us what an Aztec was. My boys learned that they I mean we gotta give them credit though. I mean, they to get to the championship game, I know I was like what was so funny is like they're a massive underdog, and I was like in the grands it's funny because they're like the five seed, UConn's the four, but just the way they're playing, I guess overall gave us that input. But case I mean, San Diego State, to think they would get to the championship game, I don't know, having to get through Alabama, a couple other tough a couple other tough games, obviously through Florida Atlantic yesterday at the buzzer, I, or the other day at the buzzer. I mean, before we get to UConn, I just thought the Aztecs, they did put up a fight tonight. They just couldn't score enough. That 10-minute stretch is going to do it. But I thought, I thought overall, how can you be disappointed with a team that's never made it to the Final Four and then gets to the championship game? Uh, I, I think kudos to them overall, don't you think? Yeah, I don't think disappointment is the right word to use. I, I would say just enthusiastic, the program that Dutcher and Steve Fisher built before him. Uh, you got to feel proud of the boys. You know, they came out. They played hard. It's just they didn't have any shot makers. They didn't have someone that can just go get you a bucket. And it's tough when you can go without just a main scorer. They have a lot of guys that can, you know, defend well and fill it up. But They got it to five even, right? Like, no, I mean, that's no, no. Like, and then well, he has that big three there. That's the thing. Like it seemed like you're right. They were dead, and they make that run there. Yeah, it's just a resilient team, you know. I mean, they're led by I, I believe they have seven seniors on the team, so you know they're going to give it everything they had, and you know, blood, sweat, and tears. They they poured it all out on the floor, and you know, just UConn was the better team. Sometimes you just look at it, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, San Diego State they pulled everything that they could to make that game interesting, and I thought they made it. You know, the final score won't indicate exactly how close it got towards the latter part of the second half. But I thought they gave UConn probably the hardest run that they've had in a game thus far in the tournament. <laughs> and that's crazy, right, Chris? Because to think like that was their that was their hardest run, and it really wasn't like a tough game in that regard. That just proves how great UConn was. Yeah. And, and one thing about San Diego State is defense travels. And... Um, Defense carried that team throughout the tournament. Uh, it was a great run for the Aztecs. Uh, once the score got into the 50s at the 10-minute mark, you kind of start feeling like, you know, this this isn't the kind of style that San Diego State likes to play. They want they want to win that game 59, 56, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to get into the 60s and 70s. And, and you kind of felt like at that point, like, this could be trouble. But then they go on that run and they yep. cut it at 60 to 55. And for for UConn, they answered the way you want a champion to answer. They end the game on a 16 to 2 run to close it out. Now, they left no opportunity for San Diego State to get any closer. No, I, I thought I, I, my favorite part of the whole game might be the interview Dan Hurley had at halftime. I think I don't know if you guys heard that, but like we were listening, I was listening to it, Derek here. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the lady interviews him right after, and he goes, "Hey, you were pretty upset with the refs there." And he goes, "He goes, well, I just kind of disagree with a few things there." And he goes, 
And, but then the way he does it, Tyler, he goes, he, or, uh, or Casey, he goes, well, they're doing a great job. I love all three of those guys over there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's I love all three of those guys are doing a great job. And he even went on to say his team should be up 20. So I don't know. We'll go from there. Uh, Tyler's got a question here. Who are you guys rooting for? We answered that before, Derek. That was obvious. You were rooting for. UConn. Because you what? get. Pokemon card. And that is why. He didn't spell my name like. No, he called you Chavi. Not, yeah, he didn't what did he call, call me? Look, look, look at yeah, Derek. disrespectful. He spelled Tyler. my name wrong. The disrespect those guys. Are Speed, he spelled my <laughs> name wrong. That seems to be a big thing this weekend is disrespect. <laughs> disrespect. But well, we will get into some disrespect here, Chris. I know you want to talk about that a little bit here. So we definitely will touch on some disrespect. I know Tyler will talk about it more this Sunday on our podcast. Back with way anyway. All right, a couple of real points about that game. It was that halftime part. A couple of interesting points. I just want to point out the game real quick before we move on. Is I thought there was a kind of that part when Trammell got that steal early in the first half, misses that layup, and then they go down and hit a big three. Then obviously what we talked about at the end, San Diego State down, cuts it down to five. They end up hitting a big three there, Hawkins, to cut it to eight. Obviously, to me, that was the shot of the game, right? For you know, like that was that was the point. San Diego State almost had to get them down to one at that point, down to three at that point. And that taking it to eight was just such a big such a big play at that point there. So huge play overall. UConn, congratulations. I'm going to say it again. They're an official – somebody I saw a tweet. They're officially a blue blood in that regard. Like five championships since 1999, Chris. Incredible. Five. I think they hold the key to the gates of the blue bloods right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And they're weird, though, because they go on these like – they've gone on these like two-year like awful runs, right, like where they disappeared and then they come back. I don't know, Case Kevin Ollie a couple of years. It's just like three coaches to do it in 25 years. Like it's not your normal – way of doing things no it's it's pretty incredible you know you think about like kansas and north carolina and the dukes and yeah you, know, you can go on and on kansas. but you, you think about connecticut and you know i spoke last time i think it's more of a women's college but now the men's you know when they get in the tournament man they're good like they, yeah. they play a different brand of basketball that and i think the biggest thing is when uconn gets in these tournaments they can go nine deep and these are like four guys, you know, three guys, three to four guys that could actually play in the NBA. I mean, they, they don't have maybe a top 10 overall pick, but they have guys in the, the mid-tiers in the first round that, you know, you just play as a complete team. And, you know, everything you watched about them tonight, they have shooters, they have rebounders, they have guys that can play the court on the vision, Hawkins, uh, you know, Butler with a double-double tonight. Like, they just can't they, – they play a complete game – cohesively which you don't see a lot in college everyone mixes and matches like where their roles and Danny Hurley I thought did a phenomenal job this year where he put them in positions to succeed at their highest level and he, did, I I hear correct, him. did I hear correctly they were the one seed at some point this year in, in, De- in December they were ranked number one for okay. I think two weeks that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> but then but then in February they go two and six. I know it's crazy. How do they do that with those type of, you're like, how do they do with those big guys like that? How do they go two and six? How do they do with those guards? It's incredible. Um all right, so I you know what what a we'll get into our final memories here, final thoughts here. So let's the, the men's UConn pulls it off. Let's get to the ladies real quick here. The the LSU Tigers, they pull out the W against Iowa. I, I mean, honestly, in some ways, I mean, it, it was kind of a, almost a more entertaining 
like kind of final eight in some ways. The men's did a good job, but the women's were right there with it. Kind of, I feel like they had their highest views ever. I heard in their championship game, over nine million people tuned in. That's awesome. I yeah. thought a twelve, I thought a twelve thirty start out here, Chris, was going to kill me on a Sunday, but we ended up making it prime time. My wife and I watched it with the kids. It was awesome. They were checking in on it. Um, I don't know what. Do you, what's your thoughts there, uh, Chris? You're out there in SEC country, LSU Tigers champs. Your thoughts there? Um, congratulations to LSU. I thought that was the best matchup that we could have gotten in the final, in the championship game. We've, we saw South Carolina and LSU earlier in the year. We saw how that played out. I don't think Virginia Tech had enough to challenge South Carolina. I don't think Iowa, Virginia Tech would have been a very good game. I, I, I really think LSU Iowa was the best matchup for the championship, yeah. and it did not it did not disappoint uh, play wise. Kudos to LSU; they put up 102 points in a championship game. <laughs> and no disrespect to Iowa, they put up 85 in a championship game. Yeah. Put up 85 in a championship game. You think you're going to win that? And and that just tells how out. Uh, how athletic LSU was that they got, they won that game by 17 points. And what is a Carson there in the first half was just absolutely ridiculous. Was she seven for seven banks in that final shot there at the buzzer just to kind of like put like an extra like little period. You guys were watching it with me. She was on fire. She was on absolute fire at the beginning of the game. Never stopped. We were, we were laughing that we were, they were saying that the coach on LSU looks like, uh, like, looks like who? Nanny. Looks like our looks like my mom's. <laughs> it looks like Nanny. I was like, I don't know if my mom would ever be seen dead in that jacket, but I was like, I mean, it does kind of look a little. My mom coach does kind of get a little energy out of there. She was a Pat Summit fan there, so Kim Mulkey does have kind of that energy there. Uh, Case your thoughts, and we'll get back to Chris. On, we'll get we'll we'll stay with the game as well. But Case your thoughts on the on the LSU pulling it out. I want to hear more from Chris because I could tell he was itching to talk about Yeah, go ahead, game. Chris. Keep going. Yeah, I want to hear what he got to say because me and you, are, I think we're both pretty passionate about this game because when it came down to it, I was more excited for the LSU and uh, Iowa game than I was tonight just because of the scoring yep. factor, the just the <laughs> everything around it with Caitlin Clark, the LSU, Mulkey. Like, it felt like it was just a bigger buzz. I want to hear what you got to say about that. Uh, much bigger buzz for, you know. And I got to be full disclosure here. I grew up in Iowa. I know Jan Jensen. Fantastic young lady. Uh, my My real thoughts on that game. Yeah, give it to me straight, man. No shooter. Come on, let's go. No chaser. There were 40 fouls called in the national championship game, and that's unexcusable. When the when the head referee has only been a referee for two years in a college game, it's got to be fixed. And and that takes nothing away from the players. They put on a great show. But when the refs are dictating the play of a game like that, it's, it's, it's uncalled for. It's, it was sad to see the refs took two of the star players in the college game completely out in the first half. And you just can't do that. You, so you I got I, I want to ask you, what do you guys both think about that technical where Caitlin Clark kind of dismissed the ball and they called that in obviously in college technicals count as personal fouls. I thought that was the worst. I, I just couldn't believe that call, man. Like she didn't toss it at a ref, just kind of threw it to the baseline. And then they 
teeter up. I thought that was crazy. Just like, not only like you got a KYP, you know your personnel, but this is a national championship game. Like you, you can't, you can't be doing that stuff. So I actually saw uh, an official today uh, come out and give a statement about that. She was called for uh, delay of game, and it was the second delay of game that Iowa had been called for. However, also in that clause of delay of game, it said if the if the delay does not affect the play of the game, it is to be ignored, and it was a dead ball. There was no delay of game. It was a dead ball. So it should have been ignored. It shouldn't have been called. Yeah. Now, I mean, you see that thousands and thousands of times. And, you know, that's a big call to get the fourth foul on the best player, maybe on both sides, really. I mean, yeah, it, it was just, I don't know. What do you, what'd you guys think, Xavier and Derek? You watched the game. What do you think? Yeah, remember that play where she threw it out of bounds behind her back and she got the technical of me and mom were yelling at the screen that that was unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, you guys were so mad. <laughs> we were not happy about that call. I I just think it's one of those things where I think Chris said it well. I I I my two my other my two cents I would add to it is again just know the situation of the game. I thought it started the whole game. I thought Chris said it like Reese had two fouls early. Some of those fouls were like you know what I mean. Just I don't know like it, the just let it be a little bit physical. You don't need to call everything and. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was something that kind of like took the rhythm out of the game a little bit. And then in finals like that, you don't want to let the two best players, you want them to play a little bit more than they played in that game. I felt like, and I felt like Caitlin Clark, even when she was in there late in the game, you could tell she was hesitant on drives and just, I don't know, just the way it was. So I, I'm with you, Chris. It wasn't the best officiated game. I'm curious to get back to the point though, of like LSU from a strategy standpoint, though, overall, like, they were able to dig in and there and to Kim Mulkey's point, Tyler pointed out <laughs> she dressed like a pimp, but whatever, man, she, she got the job dead. Like her teams just get the job done, Chris. And I, I mean, I'm interested with, like we hear what you're saying because she was nine. They took over a nine win team two years ago. And now here she is winning the championship in the sec, which, you know, has the likes of Tennessee. She had to go through South Carolina and maybe in some ways it's good. They didn't play South Carolina in the championship game, but, um, I don't know, just your your thoughts on LSU, like kind of from their team side. Um, you know, obviously I know you're upset about Iowa not getting the calls. I respect that part of it. But, you know, L to LSU's credit, they still won by double digits, and I thought they outplayed Iowa in the most part too. So Kim Mulkey uh, Robertson, she has, a, she has a unique way of getting her team to rise to the occasion. Yeah. And, and she did it when she was at Baylor. She did it again this weekend. She calls in a respect factor. And she makes her team feel like they've been disrespected to get the motivation factor going for them. And she, they played that up well all weekend long that, that Iowa had disrespected them. I've not seen anything that Iowa did or said that was disrespectful to LSU. But they played it, and it worked to perfection. It, that's what Kim Mulkey does, and to her credit, it works. Yeah, I think Kim Mulkey, Kim Mulkey is the ultimate players coach, right? She's going to always have your back. She's just going to, you know. And she's going to yell at you when you mess up, man. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, but she, she's got some swag to her, too. You can tell they appreciate her. And, you know, all the comments all the players had in the interview, you know, post game, they had nothing but admiration, respect, kind words, nothing but love, almost like a second mama to them. 
She just put them in position where they can be themselves. And I will get into that Angel Reese thing right now. We'll do that here, right? At this, yeah. I want to do it the, right now. Casey, can because... I say one thing real quick? Just on your Kim Bulky. You're like with the swag. Well, Tyler pointed out she does dress. <laughs> so she definitely has a little swag with her right there. She For three straight outfits, man, she definitely had it rocking there. So let's get to that point with the Reese. The John C. Got for our wrestling fans out there. What does this mean, Derek? That's what I thought. You can't see me. All right. So that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, what do you think, Case? And then we'll get Chris's thoughts on it as well. But, Case, your thoughts with it. You, you, did you find it a big deal? So there's a few points I want to make. Um, I thought Angel Reese played a great game. Most outstanding player of the tournament. She's definitely a baller, a great player. No doubt about that. The one takeaway I thought is she made it about herself and not the team. I think that's the one thing I took away from it was I don't really have a problem with the, you know, taunting and, you know, trash talk. It is what it is. It's part of the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I think she made it a point, though, to come towards Caitlin Clark, which I think Caitlin Clark does it more of a, you know, to the crowd type of thing, uh, you know, not just singling someone out, finding them, and making it a purpose to be about her. I think she's just in the game. Angel Reese, I felt like, was going at her. And I didn't see anything in the game that Caitlin Clark did necessarily towards LSU. She did it towards South Carolina. She did it towards Louisville. So I don't understand the fact that she came hard at Caitlin Clark other than that she really wanted to be known that this was about her. And her comments, which I read a little bit later, which I kind of found a little just a little put off. And, you know, I'm not from that demographic. I've never lived a black life. I don't know what it's like to live in the hood. But she said, you know, I'm hood. People are going to think I'm like that. And I want to represent the girls that, you know, look like me. I just didn't think there was a purpose to make that uh, emphasis of the point. And I think her game should have spoke for itself. LSU dominated and i just didn't see the need to single out caitlin clark like that i'm not saying caitlin clark doesn't have her moments where she showboats i feel like she does it more of a steph curry type way but to actually you know make it a point of emphasis to make sure that she knew that was a little put off for me okay and i'll give my take on it i think she should have been teed up for uh taunting because she started doing that mess while, while the play was still happening. There was still time on the clock. She started doing that mess. She followed Caitlin Clark around the court for a minute and a half of game time, trying to get her in a position where she could do that. They finally got the free throw where she's standing next to her, and she did it. That should have been a technical for taunting. And then at the end of the game, when she chased her down and made it a point, Caitlin Clark just paid her no attention. I thought that was, you know, you can say she won, Angel Reese won up her by doing it. But I think the real one up right there was Caitlin Clark not even acknowledging her. Yeah. And then in the post-game press conference, Caitlin Clark, they asked her about it, and she said, I didn't even know. <laughs> I was more in the moment and trying to be with my team and relish the fact that we played in a championship than I was about anything else. I was about, I, I wanted to be with my team and to take it all in. And the comments about uh, 
Miss Reese saying that people have said all year that she's too hood and she's too this and she's too that. I'm going to be honest. Down here in SEC country, I've not seen one single article say anything remotely close to that. The only thing I've seen said all year about her is what a great player she is and how remarkable yeah. it is that she was getting double doubles in every single game this year. I've and, never and, seen a bad word said about her. And for the comments to be made after the game that were made, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, and she's a tremendous offensive rebound. I mean, her offensive rebounding skills are just like they're at their top notch. It's not a great NBA call, but it reminds me of Tristan Thompson back in the day. Like, that guy was just so good. She's just like, she just knows how to rebound a basketball. She's so good at And she's obviously a very good player overall. Uh, I'm curious to get your boys' thoughts on that, too. If, if somebody was in your face, kind of trying to taunt you a little bit, trying to, you know, get you to, ear, to, to react a little bit. Chris just gave it a good example about how Caitlin Clark had, she had to walk away in that scenario. How do you think you would handle that situation? If somebody was in your face trying to say, I'm about to win the championship. How do you feel about that, Xavier? How do you think you would respond? You would hit him. All right. So that would be, you would get the jacket. That is a real ass answer right there. I love that. I can respect that. I can respect that. Derek, what would be your what would be your answer? To that? I would hit him. I would hit him and quit for a while until they say sorry. You quit for a while. Until... All right, that, that's not the answer we wanted. Yes, it is. Right. The, the one thing the I thought though, the one that's, thing I really I, took away from that altercation was insecurity. Uh, lack it just of seemed unnecessary a little bit to go that long with it. I, 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 I can a, I be honest, real quick, case before you go is like. I only saw that clip at the free throw line, kind of, and I was like, to me, that's just not a big deal. Like, I, you know what I mean? That's what I saw right away. I didn't see the last 30 seconds. I watched the whole game, but I, I just saw that part, and I kind of was like, uh, but then I kind of saw more of it, and then I kind of was like, it just was a little, if I was coaching that person, I'd be like, it's just a little, I'd be like, when you're doing that, you're putting a target on your back forever. I'm just saying yeah. that's kind of what you're doing. It To me, it's not the best way, the best look overall. Go ahead, dude. So for context, I was watching the game with my buddy, and uh, he's a sports fan, but you know he, you know he's just not, you know he likes the game, but you know he's not fully invested. And we watched the whole game, and when it came down, he goes, "Hey, did you see that?" And I was like, "You know, we're eating chips and dip." I go, "What?" He goes, "Look at her; she's just coming right at her." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Angel Reese; she's making a point, like the, you know, do the ring." And he's like, "Oh man," he's like dude, like, I don't understand why she's going that route. You know, like, you've already got the game in the bag. You've already proved you're the better player for this game. You know, you, you've already made it to the top. Why are you coming down and, I, like, to her level, so to speak? You know, why do you need to taunt her? And I said, well, you know, maybe she was talking trash during the game. And I said, and he told me, he's like, yeah, but he's like, think about the other teammates. He's like, after this game, they're going to be talking all about her. What about Carson in the first half? Like, if it wasn't for her, like, they wouldn't be in the spot they're at right now. He's like, after the game, I guarantee you that this is going to be the only headline topic that they're talking about. And I didn't realize till I woke up this morning that was, like, the main thing on every show sports talk to lead with. And I, I thought it was – I won't say sad, but it just took away from their total team performance. And I think that's the only part where I had an issue with it. I don't think she understood in the moment 
maybe you're just so juiced up from playing and you've poured everything into this season. And she was the player of the year that she beat. And I, I think that was slight, you know, where she did feel that, you know, disrespect. And like what Chris talked about, Mulkey, you know, fueling the fire of, you know, hey, we've been disrespected. But at the same time, I just didn't see the, the necessity to go that route because I think it took away from her performance and how good she was throughout the whole tournament. And now we're talking about this. And can, right. and can I be, if I'm being like 100% real, <laughs> this is as real as I give idea. Honestly, like I feel like if they were the same race, it would not matter as much. It doesn't matter if it was two white people. I think that's kind of how I feel in that regard. And, and, and I'm not – that's just, like, how I deeply feel. Obviously, we're three white guys. You're talking about it. But, like, you get my point. Like, I just – if it was two white girls, like, even with the, the two blonde girls that went at it, like, it was a little hype and then went away. Like, it wasn't I don't know. Like, maybe it would be a little story more because it's a championship game. But I just can't see it getting as much airtime as it has it, now. It wasn't two blonde girls. The Texas uh, – No, I was black. talking about the Louis, Louisville girl in Iowa. The Louis, the, oh, the, yeah. I forget her name. Van Hale, is it Van Hale? I forget her last name, but that one's there. So, I don't know. I, th I thought that was a good conversation. Chris, go ahead. I, go ahead there. So, uh, full disclosure, I have a grandson that's mixed. Yeah. For me, it wasn't a. It, it was not a white and a black issue. Yeah. It was. It, it was a, a respect issue. For sports commentators to immediately make it about black versus white, I think that's, I think that goes way too far. I think Caitlin Clark should have been the most outstanding player. She not only broke the women's record for scoring, she broke the entire NCAA record for tournament scoring. There wasn't a better player in the entire tournament in any game. So I felt like she should have been most outstanding player and it's not unusual to have a member of a losing team be the most outstanding player we saw it in the men's in the in the uh sweet 16 where the kid from kansas state won the most outstanding player despite losing so yeah uh, you know yeah no i, but I that doesn't that's not to take anything away from lsu lsu congratulations you're the national champions you played one heck of a ball game. We got to move on from this and grow the sport of women's basketball. Because if you think about it, the Tennessee UConn games that were epic back in the nineties or nineties and early two thousands, the USC teams with Cheryl Miller yesterday, Iowa LSU had 9.9 .9 million viewers and it is the most watched college basketball game of all time in women's college basketball. Let's grow the game from here, move on beyond where we're at. I think my brother had some internet issues who hopefully be on here in a second, but I completely agree with you, Chris. I think that's the main thing is focus on the good things that happened in this tournament. We watched it. We all, I had them watching the whole thing. We were watching Caitlin Clark. Uh, I was like, she made another three. My wife was even into it. We were totally, we were jacked into the game the whole time. So I just think it was like a really good thing for the, just for the women's game in general. It's kind of a bad ending in that regard, but I think overall just a, a really good tournament. LSU, obviously the champion. First time ever in their, in their, uh, their school history, men's or women's as my, is my understanding that they're the champs. So very cool out there. Um, let's go to your favorite. Let's go to our, let's kind of end it here with this. And then we'll kind of get, 
Give me your favorite memories and moments of Martin Madden. Women's, men's, whatever. Just kind of give me your favorite moments of the uh, of the tournament here. I'm going to have to say Princeton coming from 12 down to beat Arizona in the first round with under five to play. I think that was an epic moment, and that's got to be one of my favorites of the entire tournament. Well, Chris, me and Casey were there for that one. So we were there for that epic moment that you're talking about, Casey, where, where he was saying, I was asking you here right before you left there, what was your favorite memory or moment from uh, March Madness? And Chris would say that it was uh, it was his team coming on with Princeton winning the thing. I agree. I just think Princeton was uh, it was it was such a weird game in that game too because they scored the last they scored the first not the last nine points of the first half and then scored the last nine points of the second half and just it was a huge win that there in Sacramento it was me and Casey's first time with my mom and sister going to a NCAA tournament. Casey, the adrenaline rush there in that tournament was awesome. There, uh, what he was referring to. You got a favorite memory? Obviously, maybe one of ours going to, but something else as well. Yeah, I want to apologize first though for the internet connection. My bad, fellas. So, That's all right. I don't know. Even in 2023, we still can't get this. Yeah, hey, I did one out. a couple weeks ago with Nico and you. Remember when I went off and we were live for about three more minutes with dead air? So that it happens. Good, you're yeah. on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely. I, I would just say, you know, the whole San Diego State run. Uh, I don't really have a, you know, the game specifically. Princeton, you know, bias being there. I spoke about that a couple weeks ago or about a week ago, and. Uh, I just think the whole run, you know, locally, like, you know, just being a California kid, uh, just the run that they made was so improbable just because it was a collective team. They got seven seniors on the team. Uh, it's something they'll never forget, something I won't forget because it's, you know, we don't have Cal and Stanford and, you know, just a lot of teams are around. You got Mark Madsen, though, at Cal now, buddy. You got him yeah, back. Yeah. But, you know, it's been a minute since we've had, like, you know, a California team actually in the dance kind of, like, go on this deep run. So it was, uh, it, it was special to watch, you know, and like I said, you know, just seeing them pour their heart out and they gave everything they had. It was just, it was fun to watch, man. I enjoyed every minute of this tournament and, uh, you know, it was a special time to be a sports fan. We got baseball and basketball, you know, NBA playoffs coming up. Hey, this is one of the best months of the year, March, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. October and March, I say, are one of the best. All right, boys, your turn here. We went through the whole, we went through the whole thing, gentlemen. We got this tournament, Chris. This bra- We got this thing my sister brought it for us at the Sacramento, this panel. We filled out every game. We're here finally at the end. We can fill out UConn at the end. Boys, what's your, they've watched a lot of games. But I think what's a moment that stands out to you that you like the most? Xavier's comeback. Which one stands out to you the most in the tournament? You got one? Xavier's comeback. Xavier's comeback in the first round. I thought you might say that one, the big epic comeback there, where I like that the most because Arizona lost. And then my best friend is an Arizona fan, Chris Tyler. Uh, he goes, Sean Miller's the coach of Xavier. And he goes, I hate that smirk Sean Miller has after that. Lynn. So that was one of my favorite moments of the tournament. Derek, what's your favorite moment of the tournament here watching so far? Uh, I got two when the Huskies win. Yep, of and course. When the, I think when the. Players on the Huskies were waiting for the tiger to go off. He was like, like prancing around. What it looks like? <laughs> <laughs> he was prancing around. That is what it looked like. He uh, slammed the ball on the ground. He did. They were excited. It, that's what I'll say. The celebrations would never get old in a championship. They never get old in a championship game at all. I I gotta say, guys, the one thing that stood out to me about this, Chris, the whole there was a lot. We forget about the first couple rounds. There's a lot of buzzer beaters. Close last second wins here. You know, at the at the end, like Florida Atlantic, Memphis, we kind of forget. Like Florida Atlantic made it all the way to the final four. They were down one, 
and they had to make a shot against Memphis to advance. Like, that's how close they were to be eliminated in the first round. Like, just all these good games, UCLA, Gonzaga, Miami, Indy, like all these matches we forget about, Alabama, San Diego State to even get there. Kansas uh, make getting get knocked out early against Arkansas. Musselman we getting the shirt off. All these good moments that we saw. I thought Tennessee making a little run there. Then they with they with their best one of their better players out. I don't know. Like to me, the whole tournament, the last kind of buzzer beaters, it just kind of was a special tournament for me this year. It's the most I've been doing it in ten years, Casey and Chris. So for me, maybe it was these guys getting into it. Maybe it was going to the game, but. I don't know, Chris. Like to me, it was just a pretty exciting tournament. Even though maybe the national championship didn't live up to what we were hoping it to. I mean, Butler hit a hit a game winner last game. So, when you look at it, the tournament was bookended by a last second shot. Yeah. With Florida Atlantic moving on with the last second shot and going home on a last second shot <laughs> in the final four. That's right. Uh, it, they bookended the tournament with uh, last-second shots. And to see how many last-second shots there were. Uh, I've never seen that many in one single tournament. You see two or three every year. You see some overtime games or a shot to go to overtime, but not game winners. No. It, I, was, I, was, I was thoroughly impressed with how competitive it was this year. And I think Casey, being you were in line for nachos uh, for that fervent Virginia game when uh, when we were at Missouri, I, Missouri, yeah. Utah State, and uh, we were in line for nachos. No, maybe maybe an early Teddy, but we were in there early. We were in we were in line, and we saw that cannonball go up in the air, and Virginia hits that little buzzer beater at the <laughs> the first game, and I remember everybody going crazy, and we were just like, "Come on, let's go!" This is so yeah, that was a great moment in there for sure. Um, I gotta say, guys, we've been doing that. We did this for three weeks, Casey. He he, you've been with me a few times on Fat Boy Fade Away over the years. You kind of kind of had to had to take a little break. It's been awesome to have you on this tournament, like every like almost every episode with me here, Chris. You've been on almost every episode. It feels like with me as well, and it's kind of been our first time working together in this. I feel like it's been kind of a cool little thing here to get go through the tournament with you guys. Um, Chris, I know you've been doing the Golden Broom. I know you guys are going to be getting to SEC baseball. We did watch. Remember, we were watching college baseball at Papa's Pizza. It's our local pizza place, Chris. It was Tennessee versus help me out, Texas A and M, I believe. We were. I was thinking of you when we were watching it. Um, I appreciate you joining us over this time, man. It's been awesome, kind of get, getting to meet you a little bit over here and get your thoughts on college basketball. And yeah. obviously, you're very knowledgeable of basketball for sure. But I, I'm curious. Hopefully, we can have you on. Fat boy fade away one of these times and get your thoughts on other sports as well. But uh, you know, just kind of what we uh, just thanks for joining us and kind of maybe tell us where people can see you at and your final thoughts here. Uh, been a pleasure to join join and work with you guys. Uh, I've learned a lot from both of you uh, being on these. Uh, on Twitter, I have my personal Twitter is uh, Bandy Chris Five, and my <laughs> my my team account would be uh, SBS underscore Vanderbilt. Uh, we do host the Golden Broom. It's a show dedicated to college baseball, and that is on the VSN Collegiate uh, platform along with uh, all of our other fine partners. And you know, I have a, I have a Facebook group. If you're into college baseball, I have a Facebook group 
specifically dedicated to college baseball. And if you're a fan of a mid-major like San Diego State or Cal Poly, or, you know, you want to talk some baseball, come join us up. We'll, we'll gladly add you to the group, and we love some mid-major talk. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say, Chris, too, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, doing this podcast with you, Darren, and uh, Nico from time to time. You know, yeah. this, this is one of the favorite parts about, you know, where sports brings people together. You know, the tournament, you know, just you being from a different part of, you know, just the country and, you know, just, you know, me and Darren, obviously, we go way back. He's my brother. We've been talking sports and playing sports since we've been out the womb, basically. I get to hang out, you know, chop it up with you guys. I got my two nephews here just getting into the basketball and the baseball and soccer. And, you know, I think these are the moments that, you know, we kind of maybe don't take for granted, but sometimes don't always appreciate and, you know, this is the things that sports give to us. You know, it, it gives back to us more than I think that we give to it. So I just want to say, say thank you, Chris, for, you know, hopping on. And, you know, I got a lot to learn from, you know, from what you've been talking about. So I appreciate your time, man. Yeah. And, and like I said, I appreciate being on here. Uh, to give you a little bit of background, I've always been a writer. Uh, I've done some uh, sports writing over the years and the podcasting and the video stuff is all new. It's all new to me. So two years ago, I started doing some post-game interviews after Vanderbilt baseball games. Yeah. And looking back to those and where I'm at now, I can't even tell I'm the same person doing it. Uh, the more the more I do it, the more comfortable I get. And it, yeah. it's just been a joy doing it and getting to meet you guys and talk to you. It, it, it's been well – it's been – well received and an educational experience. When we have you on, we're definitely going to talk writing. Writing is one of those things. I tried to do it for a little bit. I wrote some articles. That is the hardest. That that is hard to do writing, and with a deadline, people. That's a whole different subject. Um, boys, it's been fun doing the podcast with you guys as well. You guys have been jumping on, making the fun. Todd Xavier, you're, we talked about your Musketeers earlier in the the tournament. Appreciate you jumping on with it. Any final thoughts for the people here? Any final thoughts, Derek? Your Huskies are the champs. You get the Pokemon cards at the time as well. So we know you're excited oh, about – Yeah, go ahead. Casey, tell Manny that the that girl basketball coach looks like her. Yeah, well, that's what Tyler said here. Tyler said uh, – Otto, what she commented here is my – my wife commented as she coaches basketball that she, they were talking about. She does. I'm telling you, Chris, she looks like my mom a little bit. I'm telling you. She does. I don't know. Tell I, that to, tell I, that to Manny, Casey. I, I don't know if I can see her in that outfit, Casey, but I know. I, I would love – we got to get her in that for Halloween. That's our That's our goal, October. Don't Amanda, do that. My sister, Amanda, if you're listening, buy her that outfit. Me and Casey are lazy. We got, we got to borrow uh, Grace's – we got to borrow Grace's baby powder. Exactly. Yeah, we can do that. Man. We got to do that. That, so. I don't get out to watch a lot of movies, but I've seen pictures. She reminds me of the guy from uh, uh, what's the the Tiger King? Oh yeah, <laughs> where he's wearing the green suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's a good call there. Maybe they're married, so they're brother and sister, so we don't know that. All right, guys, that's our final episode. Yeah, go ahead. What's your final thought? Do you have any with me? What? You're shy. I know what. What? What are you going to say? No, you just want to say something. I know. All right, guys. That's our final thoughts here. Last episode here, doing the March Madness thing. I got Chris here. I got Casey Breyer. I got Derek Breyer. I got Xavier Breyer. And I'm Darren Breyer, your host. Okay, 
Guys, until next year for March Madness, we'll see you then. Night.